If I had a dollar for every time somebody had said to me, well, you never could have imagined what your first year at St. John's would be like. Um, Well, we wouldn't have to have a stewardship campaign if that were the case. Um, No one could have imagined this past year for St. John's or for the country. And I've found myself in recent days um, unable to help it but to take pictures as I'm walking around, as I'm seeing things that you realize we're seeing visuals that are historic. Um, Walking around this neighborhood in the last few days, I was watching construction workers as they're putting boards on buildings that you would never imagine seeing boards on, and the construction workers are wearing face masks. And you know only in the fall of 2020 would you see that visual. And last night, um, I wasn't out, but I had some pictures sent to me from people who saw some interesting Halloween visuals, once-in-a-lifetime situations. For example, um, socially distanced candy distribution. There was a giant spider web with little um, pieces of candy clipped onto the web so that children could grab them without getting anywhere near other children. I've seen long 15-foot a pipe made into chutes so that the candy is put in the top of the chute and it flies out of the mouth of a skeleton and probably hits the children as they come by to get their candy. It's a time that you never could have imagined, but thank God for imagination, which helps us get through this time. Now, Washington, D.C., as a place, this area is not really known for imagination. This is a place of doers and achievers, of servants, of people who uphold a system and work to make it a better system. But it's good to remember that the origin of this place where we are right now was built upon imagination. People like L'Enfant and Latrobe created a city from almost nothing, building the roads and the buildings to house a government that sprung from the imagination of people like Adams and Jefferson and Madison. And just think about it. They were imagining a better way of governing ourselves, a way that they had never seen, but they could dream of it being. And they worked hard to try to bring it about, a system that has not yet been perfected, but is entrusted to us and to our imagination today. And I believe that civic life and faith life share a requirement that we live with imagination. Think about how it takes imagination when you plant a seed in the ground. It takes imagination to forgive. It takes imagination to heal. It also takes imagination to vote. When you vote, you are imagining that your voice, your participation can make a real difference. And it turns out that it does. And here we are, we stand at this moment just before a major election. Nobody feels completely sure about which way this election is going to go But I invite you to imagine what will you do 
to build up what is good in these days between now and the election itself, but even more importantly, begin imagining now what will you do with what has been entrusted to you to bring about what is good on the day after the election is determined. No matter what happens, there will be work to do, and I believe it will require our imagination. And I can imagine some things. Imagine if we in our country could have conflict without contempt. Imagine if we could embrace mutual sacrifice for the benefit of all so that we could get through hard challenges together, like this pandemic. Imagine if we could begin that work of healing our broken places. Imagine our leadership modeling humility instead of hubris. And a big thing to imagine, but we must imagine it. Imagine us finally addressing the plague of racism. In the passage that we get today, we hear Jesus' imagination, inviting us to imagine with him when he offers us these blessings, which we call the Beatitudes, where he says, blessed are these people. And he invites us to imagine the kingdom of God dwelling here on earth, where those who are low will be raised up, those who are without will be filled with abundance, where those who are broken will be made whole. Imagine our world transformed in the way that Jesus imagines it so that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. Today is also All Saints Day. And traditionally at All Saints Day, we remember those official saints of the church, the ones who um, checked the boxes and got the miracles and, and are put into the stained glass windows with their halos. But it's good to remember that the early church used the word saint in a little bit of a different way, too. Uh, when Paul was writing to the communities that he pastored, he would talk to the people and call them the saints. He would say, to the saints in Washington, D.C., I write to you. And so there's good news and bad news in that. The good news is we are called to be saints. The bad news is we are not let off the hook. It'd be nice to leave sainthood to the professionals, but we are being elevated and asked to participate. And so what is a saint? I like the way that the prayer book describes it in the Collect for Saints, saying a saint is someone who is a bearer of God's light in their generation and a vessel of grace. We can be that. We have been that. And we certainly today are called to be that. If you can imagine it. So I want to close with these words on the eve of this important election. And I wonder if it could be a coincidence that these are the words handed to us right now. The words of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.